0: Happy Thanksgiving. It is The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell and joined by the President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Dave, of course, I wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope it's going to be a joyous one this year.
1: And to you and yours as well. Lots of things to talk about this week, Dan. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. Including one of the biggest stunners, I think, in the business world in recent memory, Bob Iger, is back. Bob Chapek out as the CEO of Disney, and Iger, the longtime CEO up until, what, 2020, mm-hmm. has returned as Disney has, well, it's been sort of turbulent, obviously, with COVID-19 shutting down theme parks. And then, of course, they weren't able to open at full capacity. That put a significant dent in their business. There have been complaints from conservatives that Disney has gone too woke, uh, that has hurt some of the international markets, particularly the high-profile failure of Disney-Pixar's *Lightyear* over concerns about, uh, you know, a, a gay character and gay kiss and all of this stuff. Uh, suffice it to say that it's been a—and ter- that's to say nothing about the fight that Disney had with Ron DeSantis that caused Walt Disney World's tax-exempt status. They essentially had their own little tax fiefdom. Uh, in their, their Buena Vista properties. Right. That ended. It has mm-hmm. been a turbulent period for Bob Chapek. Uh, and now that period
1: is over. Yeah, he's out. And that story broke this past weekend. And of course, you know, they came out with their earnings reports and it was awful. And Bob Iger, for those who, who don't know, was the former CEO and really well liked well-respected, and the stock rallied with the news that he is coming back and is going to try to make some changes, Dan. You know, one of the things that they talked about last week after the earnings report is uh, layoffs and significant cuts and pullbacks. And so maybe there's a new path forward for Disney, and we'll have to see if new leaderships and new relationships can get that stock back on track.
0: Well, and if it can't, if Iger fails, you know where they'll turn. Michael Eisner. I mean, clearly you move forward by moving backwards. Uh, So we're going to keep our eye on that one. And speaking of layoffs, Dave, uh, we have seen massive layoffs, not just at Twitter, where Elon Musk was cutting a significant amount of uh, his workforce, kind of scraping it down to the bare bones, but Facebook, uh, a company that for the past really almost decade, seemed like it was going to see unstoppable growth netflix another one that you just sort of saw as as continuing to grow raising serious questions for the fang stocks and the tech sector more broadly yep have we seen peak growth from some of these companies?
1: Well, you know, you'll remember back in 2000, 2001, a lot of those tech stocks were held in purgatory for a long time. And that's the reason why, you know, the tech has been such a dominant part of the S&P 500 More than 25% of the weightings came from those tech stocks. And so we talk about regular stocks these days and in different areas. It could be energy, for example. It could be retail stocks. It could be financial stocks. But go through and make sure that you're not overweighted because it was a sexy part of the market, no doubt about it. But- I think this whole idea of job layoffs is part of the overlaying idea that what the Federal Reserve wants. I mean, you know, when you have economies and you have a an unemployment number in the threes, that's very difficult because there continues to be demand in the market, and that means that inflation could become stickier. That is the problem that they've had. It does look, however, like there has been this peak inflation number as we speak. We haven't seen the 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 home report, but that's coming out this week, and if they can- continue to battle and start to beat up the real estate sector, that's a big deal in in their battle against inflation because what's called rental equivalency is 40% of the CPI number. And so as that number starts to come down, maybe we've seen peak inflation, and then the Fed might be able to slow down their rate increases.
0: Yeah, we've heard that, especially with Europe over the weekend, that Europe, of all places, might be seeing peak inflation. And as bad as we've had it, uh, the European Union might have had even worse inflation because they're actually far more dependent upon Russian oil. And we're also hearing rumblings from Ukraine about potentially a peaceful ending to uh, the war with Russia there. I mean, you're seeing the potential for things to actually get better quicker than we had initially thought. I mean, it was always sort of baked in, I think, to the investment equation that there was going to be some form of a recession in early 2020. 3 but if the fed can get inflation not out of the system but at least to more slow manageable levels mm-hmm. yeah slow it down uh, they keep talking about a soft landing yeah we'll see
1: uh yeah. i uh, i <laughs> let's <laughs> just say i'm i'm as skeptical as you are on that one the reason why, Dan, is because of a number of things. Now, they are trying to get what's called a to a neutral rate. In other words, they're raising the Federal Reserve rate up to a rate where the inflation can come down to, and they have to get to a more neutral pairing. And so as inflation starts to come down and rates start to go back up, that is the neutrality that they're trying to get to. And if they overdo it, which which is a possibility, if they overdo it, and all of a rates that they can control on the short end go up to 5% or higher, and then inflation does come back down. That will certainly cause a massive slowdown. Let me just go back to something you brought up about Russian oil. So the Russians are still selling oil around the world, significant amounts of oil. And one of those places, for example, is India. So they send it to India. India then refines that oil And sells it uh, internationally. And so you're not sure if you're buying Russian oil or not. And India is one of those companies. And in fact, this past week, and I almost fell off the chair uh, reading this, that Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, Mm -hmm. was over in India. I mean, you might have saw this story and, and, and told them, go ahead and continue to refine that Russian oil and sell it around the world.
0: This is also the same woman who told us inflation was transitory and is now saying that, well, if we're lucky, inflation will be back to normal levels in two or three years. She does not exactly inspire a whole lot of confidence. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but she seems to be one of the leading forces for global instability because of that exact thing. We don't have a unifying message when it comes to the purchase of Russian oil. We have refused to, as a matter of policy, to make up the difference in the oil output to to pumping more of our own, to producing more. We're raiding the Strategic Petroleum Reserve so that President Biden could preserve his congressional. Majorities ahead of the midterms. You know, we've never before seen the Strategic Petroleum Reserve rated for political purposes. I mean, this just leads me to the inescapable conclusion that Team Biden has no earthly idea what it's doing.
1: Well, Am I missing something here? <laughs> well, two thirds of, of energy comes from fossil fuels in this country and so when president biden says he wants to shut down fossil fuels you just you can't you, you can't do that two-thirds of energy comes in by the way a lot of these companies that create these fossil fuels are far more efficient than they were when this war on fossil fuels started in fact some of these reports that i have read said that they're in the 99 percentile of efficiency so uh, you have to have fossil fuels and maybe we're going to get to green energy down the road but it is a long-term path and you have to run down parallel paths as you go there for example this whole diesel shortage that we're having here in the united states part of that is because we're going towards green diesel and so there's less volume after you go through all of that conversion to green diesel by the way Dan, it's more energy intensive to create that green diesel. And as that happens and there's a diesel shortage, that means food prices are up, air transportation costs are up, all of those costs are going up as well. So energy is a major, major issue. And, of course, the Russians, even with the sanctions on them, continue to sell a ton of oil around the world.
0: And with all this uncertainty, you need someone who's working with you and for you as a fee-only fiduciary. That's why we encourage you to head over to AnnexWealth.com, get a portfolio review, know what you own and why you own it through what's known as a wealth metric. It's free. It's available at AnnexWealth.com.
1: Do you have any tokens? I meant to ask you that. Do I have
0: tokens? Yeah, tokens. Uh, Outside of Chuck E. Cheese,
1: no. (laughs) Um, So this story is crazy, isn't it? It's FTX. I was one.
0: I wanted. I wanted to get to that. I wanted to ask you: Have Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger? Can we check if they have broken any ribs? Laughing as hard as they have about the FTX collapse. They warned us, and people said, "Oh, look at these old fuddy duddies. They have no idea what they're talking about. This is the new economy." Uh, for those who are wondering what we're talking about, of course, the implosion of FTX in what sure as hell looks like a massive Ponzi scheme. Yeah. I mean, is there really any way other than that? People no, it's just go how much he stole.
1: No, the, he stole it. Yeah. just how much billions, he stole. Yeah. Billions. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean— no. I, to answer your question, Dave, I do not own any Bitcoin. I do not own any crypto. I did buy stock in Coinbase when it looked like other people were going to you know, assume that asinine risk. I'm like, oh, okay, this will be my exposure to the crypto market. In terms of uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, I just thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. Why the hell would I pay a hundred thousand dollars for a highlight of Giannis dunking a basketball? Yeah, when I can watch the exact same video on YouTube for free. There, it just it never made any sense to me, and the entire concept of cryptocurrency, which is backed by nothing, makes it prime a prime target. For people like Sam Bankman-Fried, the disgraced CEO of FTX. Of FTX. Right. yes.
1: So let's talk about that because I was asked this question uh, on the weekend shows is – you know so let's let's just talk about what this is ftx is the exchange think about a trading exchange that is what the problem is because people want to come and cash out their positions and he didn't have the money that's the ponzi scheme concept that you're introducing there so then there of course there's that's the exchange on top of the exchange is bitcoin for example and all these other cryptocurrencies and behind that is what's called blockchain technology. To me, Dan, I think blockchain technology is fantastic. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to be used across, for example, medical records, uh, in legal records, for example. So the basis of blockchain technology still is there. I personally am not saying that, that cryptocurrency is going away. I'm saying that this guy, without any oversight, by the way, you know, his parents apparently were compliance officers that everyone thought that he was going to be the superstar. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask you about this. Do you know who the second biggest contributor to Democratic politics behind George Soros is? Sam Bankman Fried. You got it, pal. And so In we'll fact, see how that yeah, plays this, out.
0: This has led to serious questions about... What, if any, consequences SBF is going to face? But we have got to leave it there for now. I wish you, Dave, and your family and your staff at Annex the happiest of Thanksgivings. I am so thankful to be doing this podcast with you and to be talking to you on the radio every week. It's just a, a great partnership and a great friendship and i do appreciate
1: it. good and i I feel the same way about you and the best to not only you and your family but as to all the folks who are listening to this podcast and as important to you that listen to you on on your platforms as well so thanks very much everybody enjoy enjoy the holidays
0: happy thanksgiving for dave spano the president and ceo of annex wealth management i'm dan o'donnell saying thank you for listening to the difference Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints
1: presented on this podcast.